0: Shalom to all, today's daf is Dafis Shabbos, Yod we're starting two lines from the top. The Gemara says, A person is allowed to place food in front of a dog in his courtyard, not if the dog takes it and now goes out in his cock and light, he doesn't have to be worried about that. There's an isra of mechamer, a person may not have his animal do malacha for him, and he doesn't have to be afraid that people will suspect him of giving this dog food, to take out to their shesarabim for him. Similarly, a person's allowed to place food in front of a Gentile who is in his courtyard. If the Gentile takes it and leaves and is he doesn't have to be worried that people are going to suspect him of asking this Gentile to take something out to the shesarabim for him. Ask the Gemara, what do I need both cases for? It's the same thing. The Gemara answers, you might think, the dog is incumbent upon this person to feed, and therefore, if he gives him food, No one's going to think that he asked him to take it outside. But a Gentile whom he doesn't necessarily have to feed, people might suspect him of asking the Gentile to take this food and bring it somewhere else. Kamash Mulan, it has the same halacha and you don't have to be worried. The Gemara continues, of Shabbos. A person should not rent any vessels to a Gentile on Erev Shabbos, but if he does so on Wednesday or Thursday, it's permitted. According to Beis Shamed, the reason why this would be usr is because it seems like he's renting out his vessel to have work done with it on Shabbos and that's a problem. According to Beis Hill, this would be a problem with Shabas Shabbos. It seems like he's been getting paid money for work that's going to be done on Shabbos and that's also problematic. Wednesday, Thursday, this is not a problem. Similarly, in mishal chenigars be'ah nacher be'arav shabbos, a person is not allowed to send a letter with a gentile on erev shabbos. But not on Wednesday or Thursday, it's permissible because if a Gentile is delivering a letter on Shabbos, it seems like the Jew sent him to do so on Shabbos, and that's a problem. Amr al about Rabbi Yasi Kain they said about Rabbi Yasi HaKain, that his handwriting, meaning a letter, was never found with a Gentile, because he was afraid that perhaps his Gentile would be caught with it on Shabbos, and people would suspect him. Rabbi of asking the Gentile to deliver it on Shabbos. More about letter delivery, Tan Rabbanon, one may not send the letter with the Gentile Erev Shabbos. Unless he sets a fee for him. Once there is a set fee for the non-Jew, it is as if he is working for himself and not working for the Jew. And therefore, if someone sees him, it's not a problem because he's really just doing... Something for himself. Beis Shammai says Kadesh Beisai. He has to be able to reach the desired address before Shabbos. So Beis and Kadesh He only has to be able to reach the house that's closest to the wall of the city, which his destination is located in. As the Gemara. I don't understand. He already set the fee for him, and once he sets a fee for him, why does he have to be able to reach a certain point at a certain period in time? saying No. If he didn't set a fee for him, then Asked the Gemara of Ahamit Reisha, the beginning of this Baisa told us a mishalchen that you're not allowed to send out a letter unless you stipulated a fee for him. So what's going on with Baisa and over here? The Gemara says, like hash it's not a problem. One is when the beidayar is established in the city, and, one is when the beidar is not established in the city, Rosh explains this to me, the Beidair was the mayor of the city, he was a person that you usually sent a letter to, so if he is Kavua, if he's established, and we you know he's going to be there, so even though you have not stipulated, a fee, for the Gentile who's bringing the letter, Since you know that once the Gentile gets to the desired address of the mayor, the mayor will be there to receive the letter, so now there's no problem because the Gentile will not be walking around the streets on Shabbos looking for him. However, if the mayor is not necessarily going to be at his address because he's not established in the city and we don't know where he's gonna be, so it's very possible the Gentile is gonna get to the address. He's gonna find that the mayor is not there and now he's gonna have to be walking around on Shabbos looking for the mayor and people are gonna suspect you that you sent this letter to be delivered on Shabbos, which is a problem. Continues the Gemara. Tanar Abba'an, a person may not embark on a ship voyage less than three days before Shabbos. Why is this? Rashi doesn't tell us. There's a big machlex shayin. Why not? Let's just say one of the reasons it takes three days to get over seasickness. And if he goes more than three days, less than three days before Shabbos, so then he's going to be sick on Shabbos and that's not L'Kavit Shabbos. But medvarum, however, when it was said, when well, you're just going for your own personal needs, medvarum, if you're going for mitzvah mitzvah shop, your dummy, a person may do so. Upaysek, however, when he does leave within three days of Shabbos, he has to stipulate with the captain in the ship that he's going to stop on Shabbos. And even if he doesn't stop on Shabbos, that's okay. He doesn't even have to stipulate with the captain in the ship. Once it's to go for a mitzvah, he doesn't have to say anything. If he wants to travel from to which are two different cities along the coastline in Eretz Yisrael, even in Eretz Shabbos, the to do this because they're so close by, he may take this trip even on Arev Shabbos. can one may not lay siege to a Gentile city less than three days before Shabbos. And if they started so then they don't have to stop. used to say Ad The Pesach tells me regarding laying siege and trying to conquer Gaiish cities. It says Ad Ridita until it is conquered. You got to do it all the way till the end. Even if you have to lay siege to them on Shabbos. He said we used to give our clothing to the Laundry launderer bef- three days before Shabbos. Tanya Amaribsa the Kahaim and Hagal Shah based Ramagamliel. This was the custom in Ramagam Leel, so you nice and clay, love and They would give their white clothing to the launderer Gemalyam Kenam the three days before Shabbos. But but the colored clothing I feel about Arab Shabbos, even on Arab Shabbos, because it's easier to clean colored clothing than it is white clothing, and from then we learn, the white clothing is more difficult to clean than colored clothing, he gave his colored clothing to the launderer, he asked him, how much do you want for this, how much should I pay you, like white clothing, it's the same price, told they already anticipated you, because they already taught us, that white clothing is more difficult to clean than colored clothing, therefore I shouldn't have To pay you as much for colored clothing. Amrabai, Haiman, do you have one katra This person that gives a Article of Clothing 2. The launderer, he should give it to him with measurement and take it back with measurement. He should measure it before he gives it to him and when he takes it back. If it's longer and larger than before, he had caused him to lose the Masre, because clearly the launderer stretched it out. And if it's shorter, he caused him to lose the because he clearly shrunk it by laundering it in too hot of liquid, some nice laundry tips from the Gemara. Continues the Gemara, We had said that both B'Shamay and Basil agree in the Mishnah that one may load up their grapes or olives with these beams before Shabbos. Ask the Gemara, Why is it that all these different things in the Mishnah, B'Shamay says we have to be G'Shel, you're not allowed to do it before Shabbos. These beams and flat planks that we're loading up on the olives and on the grapes, the like Gazru that he wasn't geyser. The Gemara says all these other things. If you would do them on Shabbos, Khatas, a person's Mechayav Chatos Gazru hu be Shamai. Erev Shabbos and Chashecha. So, was geyser that Erev Shabbos before dark, you are not allowed to do it. Car space bad vigula Gas. These beams loaded up on the grapes and the olives. The oven Shabbos. Even if you did so on Shabbos, loy machayv chatas, you wouldn't be chayv chatos. It might be usher, but you are not chayv chatos. Loi Shami wasn't geizer. Ask the Gemara. Who is it? Which Tana was the one that taught us that anything that happens on its own is okay? What's this concept? We had just said that we're allowed to load up these heavy planks on olives and grapes on Arab Shabbos, and we're allowed to benefit from the juice that comes out on Shabbos because this juice was already oozing out on its own anyway before Shabbos. So, who taught us this halach that it's mutter? Am Rabbi Yasi, Rabbi Chanino, Rabbi Shmolhi, it's Rabbi Now we have a Mishnah Hashom, Vahabaisa, Ramalilais, unripe garlic, grapes, and grain, Sharisk and Mabayyan, that were chopped up on Erev Shabbos. Rabbi Shmuel, he says, yigmar, you're allowed to load it up with heavy planks in order for it to continue squeezing out on Shabbos and that's Beseder. Rabbi, Rabbi Kiva, I Rabbi Kiva says, on the top, Lo yigmar, you're not allowed to do so. So we see that it's Rabbi Shmuel that tells us that once the... The juicing process already started before Shabbos, and now it's happening on its own. I'm allowed to load it up with heavy planks, kind of just to help it along. Rebel Ezra, Amr Rebel he Rebel Lazer says that it's Rebel Lazer. The first Rebel Lazer, is Rebel ben Pedas, and he says that it's Rebel Lazer ben Shamuah. did not we have a Mishnah, Chalais Divash, honeycomb, Sharisk and Shabbos, the chopped up into pieces in Arab Shabbos, atman, and then the honey came out on its own, let that's asr to have benefit from that honey on Shabbos, Rebel Lazer Matir, and Rebel Lazer allows me to have benefit from it. So it's really him. It's an argument. So the Gemara asks, Why doesn't Rabbi Yaisi B'chanina say like Rabbi Lazzar? The reason why Rabbi Lazar allows you in the case of the honeycomb to do this is because honeycomb started out as food and it ended up as food. But Hacha over here, originally it was food. It was grapes and olives. Now that it's oozing out, it's considered liquid. So therefore I need a special heter to say that it's mutter and and Rabbi El-Lazar's hetter, by honeycomb, doesn't necessarily extend to a case of liquid. That's why I need Rabbi Shmuel. Ask the gemar Rabbi El-Lazar. Rabbi El-Lazar will tell you, no. Hashem in Rabbi El-Lazar. Afilu zesem vanavim naam ishari. Even olives and grapes are going to be permissible according to Rabbi El-Lazar. Do as Rabbi Shayim Rabbi came. Asav of Aisim He brought the following bribes with him. Zesem vanavim shreskamei Rav Shabbos. Olives and grapes that were chopped erev Shabbos viyatzu meatzman and juice oozed out of them asturim that juice is but Rabbi Lazar Reb Shem and Matirin Rabbi Lazar does allow it so we see that in Rabbi Lazar's heter is not only on honey it is also on grapes and olives and the Gemara explains that Rebbe of Reb Chanina didn't know this because bresli he wasn't aware of this bresa and that's why he chose to go with Reb Shemal's opinion and not Rabbi Lazar's opinion. Okay, here's the Gemara to ask Rebbe Lazzar, my time, I'm Le'amer Krabi Yassir, Rabbi Chanina. Why didn't Rebbe Lazzar go like Rabbi Yassir, Rabbi Chanina, that our Mishnah like Rabbi Shmuel? Am Rebbe Lachal explained to you, L'Avi Atmar Allah, didn't I tell you? It wasn't it said on this, Amar Rava Bar Chanina, Amar Rabbi dicha. when something's lacking, pounding, which is the first stage in the crushing process, to Kuliyamu Le'Plegi, everyone agrees that you are not allowed to load it up on Erev Shabbos, to have the juices ooze out on Shabbos. Keep The whole When it's missing, mashing, which is the second stage in the process. nami and these are considered like like lacking mashing in our Mishnah. So therefore, we need a proof for that. Whereas Rabbi Shmuel was only discussing the second stage, which doesn't necessarily extend to our Mishnah, which is discussing the first stage. It says the Gemara: Rabbi Rabbi Chanina, paskind like Rabbi Shmuel. The olive oil that belonged to the olive pressers. This is part of the wage that was given to the olive pressers. It was the leftover oil that was left in the press, and the mats that these olive pressers used to cover the olives, Rav bi rav, does not allow you to move them on shabbas, because they're mukta, shari, shmuel allows you to do so. Hani, karake Zuze, these pair of mats that's used to cover merchandise and a ship. Rav, Asa Rav says, they're Mokta, Shmuel Shari, Shmuel allows you to move them. Am Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, a goat that is Specifically designated for milking. Varachel and a female sheep, a ewe, legizasa, that's there only for shearing for its wool. Vatarne Guslebe and a hen that I have just for its eggs. Vitari de Radio or a ox that I'm going to bring to the market to sell. Vatami de Iska and dates that are going to be used for commerce. Rav Aser Shmuel Ushmuel Amar Mutter. Rav says that it's Aser for me to Shecht on Yantif. Ushmuel Amar and Shmuel says that it's Mutter for me to use so on Yantif. Vikamifically, Vipukta, Rabbi Yehuda, Rebbe Shemin, and they argue. With the same thing that Rabbi Hud and Rabbi Shimon argue in in the last parak of Shabbos, which is that an animal before Shabbos, do I need to set it aside and say, I want to check this animal on Yontif or not? Continues the Gemara. There was a Talmudical student, Da'ari the Da'arges, Rabbi Shimon. He posked the halacha in the city of Charsa Da'arges, like Rabbi Shimon, that, that something does not need to be set aside before Shabbos. Shamtei Rav, Rav Hamnuna. excommunicated him. As the Gemara of we posked like Rabbi Shimon. So what? What did he do wrong? The Gemara says, hava. He was in the place of Rav l'ay l'ay Hachi. So therefore, he shouldn't have posked against Rav who doesn't go like Reb Shimon. Continues the Gemara. Hani Tria Talmideh. There was these two tell me them that there was a fire in the place where they were on Shabbos. Chad Matsub Chadmana one saved a whole bunch of food in one jug v'chad matzl, money. one saved a whole bunch of food in four and five different jugs The up, it, Zavda, Rabhuna, and they argue in the same the Rab Barzavda and Ravuna Huna argue In we know that if there's a fire in someone's house on Shabbos they're allowed to save anything that's not mokta from the house as long as the place where they bring it to is a place where it's much to carry however the we were afraid that if we allow a person to save anything he wants he's just going to say why should I schlep all this stuff I'm just Extinguish the fire. So therefore they said in one mission they told us you're allowed to save enough food only for three meals on Shabbos. Another Mishnah told us that you're only allowed to save enough food that fits into one jug, even if it can fit a hundred meals worth. So how do we reconcile these two Mishnahs? So if Hun explains that the first Mishnah that tells me that I'm only that I'm allowed to only save three meals worth of food is talking about where I'm saving it in separate containers. So since each container is a separate act, I'm only allowed to save three meals worth. However, in the second Mishnah that tells me I'm allowed to save it in one container, that's referring to that I'm only taking out one container. So if that container has even 100 meals worth, I'm allowed to do that. Robert Zavde explains that no, it's talking about salvaging a whole bunch of different containers. It just depends where I'm bringing it to. If I'm bringing it to the same courtyard so it's much to carry, so then I'm allowed to save even 100 meals worth. Whereas the other Mishnah is referring to the fact that I'm, only bring, I'm bringing it outside in a place where I'm not allowed to carry So the hetter is extended only to save three meals worth and not any more. And that's precisely what these two rabbinical students were arguing about when one of them saved it in one jug and one of them saved it in four or five jugs. Continues the Mishnah. A person may not start roasting meat, onion, or egg... Unless he has enough time to roast it before Shabbos, a person is not allowed to place bread into the oven before Shabbos. a biscuit on top of the coals, unless the upper crust starts crusting over before Shabbos. The bottom has to start crusting over. A person may lower a carbon pesach into the oven before dark. This is talking about when pesachin is on of Shabbos, and he didn't have enough time to roast it before Shabbos, so he may do. So before Shabbos, a person may light the fire, the Kayan may light the fire in this fire chamber in the Beis Hamikdash on Erev Shabbos, even though it's not fully lit. There was a special room in the Beis Hamikdash called the Beis Hamikdash, the fire chamber. The Kayanim used to walk around barefoot on the cold stone floor in order to warn themselves. We had a fire that was constantly lit. In this base so a person may start lighting, may light this fire on erev Shabbos. Says that continues the Mishnah on chaf on the top, and if we're outside the base of Baruba, if a person wants to light a fire, he has to ensure that the majority of the wood in this bonfire has caught fire before Shabbos. If not, we're afraid he's going to stoke it on Shabbos to get it to catch better. Rabbi Huda says, but if he's lighting coals, then he's even allowed to have the coals slightly lit before Shabbos. Coals catch on very quickly, and therefore we're not afraid that he's going to stoke the coals in order for the coals to catch more. Everyone should have a wonderful day.